Welcome to Foster Carolinas, connecting the Carolinas to voices of foster care. It's news alert time. Be the difference concert. Okay. October 8th, this year, 2022. (laughs) The tickets are on sale now. They are live. We have been selling tickets already, which is awesome. Uh, and they just went on sale this week. They did. Oh my gosh. They okay, did. so you got to get them because they're already going out. They're already going. It's crazy. Flying off the, what's the say? Shelves. Flying off the shelves. Off the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They are like going to be bippity boppity gone <laughs> in any any minute now. If you want to buy a ticket, you can go to lotcarolinas.com and click on Mac Powell's face. There's a nice, huge picture of him. Click on it. And then... A little super secret for our podcast Ooh, listeners. Okay. Our discount code, Foster Carolinas 10, is still active. Oh, good. So if you type that in, you'll get 10% off. Is there a time restraint on that? There is. Okay. It will end May 31st. So Foster Care Awareness Month mm-hmm. ends the discount code. Absolutely. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Y'all better go get your uh, tickets while you have a discount. Run. Run, don't walk. Run. Ab, what do you have for us today? Ooh, and then I have Bridge Camp. Yeah. Listen, Ooh. listen. Y'all are showing up. I need a little bit more to show up. Mm. We still need a lot of male counselors. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's not as scary as it seems. I promise. You think you're not good with kids. You are. You're good with kids. Period. Like, it's fine. Um, They are... They're not scared of you. You're not scary. They're not scary. I think that's the thing. They're kids. They actually are easier to entertain than you would think. Oh, yeah. And you don't really have to entertain them. It's camp. They're entertained already. Amen. So listen, I don't want... It's the excuses. I understand. I've Mm. heard them. Mm -hmm. I I had them. Amen. But you're good. You're fine. You're going to love it. It's going to be so fun. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Because the week is not about you. The week is about the kids. And for camp to be as successful as it has been in the past, mm-hmm. we need male counselors mm-hmm. um, because we need all the guys to be able to come to camp and mm-hmm. enjoy it and do what they have been. Um, so the week is wonderful. The Lord is good and he will Ooh. give you the strength and he will give you the words to say. Oh, yeah. Um, so you're, you are fine. You can come to camp. It'd be so fun. It will be so fun. Oh, my gosh. It's the best week ever oh, so yeah. male counselors that's really what i'm looking for um other little spots we need people on our hospitality team oh yeah um if you don't want to spend the night there are camp extra positions which is just during the day you come and hang out with um a cabin you do different jobs it's mm-hmm. kind of like i don't know it's it's a kind of an everything position but you want to spend the night yeah that's what a lot of people don't want to spend the night so we have positions for that where you want to be hands-on and do all the kinds of stuff with camp well, and don't spend the night. Go to your own bed that night. I've got a position for you. Love so, it. Love it. Sign up. Look at our website, lotcarolinas.com, and look for that volunteer sign-up page for camp because we're going to put you to work. Yeah, we because will. Because we need you. These kids need you. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it for me. That's it you for me, Ab. That's oh, it for me. I can't wait to hear the story from Michaela. We're getting close to the end of the I month. Know. It makes my heart sad. I know. Have y'all not loved her story? She is loved her. She's she's great. She's mm-hmm. great. She tells her story so bravely, so well. Um, so listen in. Bye. Bye. Okay, so we're back with Michaela. And if you like I said, if you haven't listened to the episodes before now, then go back and do that. 
I'm going to try and catch everybody up. Um, you're 13. We've already talked about this part that, but that's kind of where you were. And you went into a bunch of different placements after 13 because you had had an altercation with your foster mom. And so it was hard to place you. So you went, how many placements would you say you went in when you were 13? So I probably jumped around from like seven to eight different placements just during that time period. Um, because like I said, I already had a bad rep. People did not want a physical, um, they did not want a, a, a child that was physical that wanted to hit or et cetera. And honestly, I mean, I'll just be honest, but if I'm a foster mom and I was, and I got that phone call, I would, you probably wouldn't ask more about the story. You probably would just say, you know, yeah, I don't think I can handle that placement right now. So, so that's why, you know, I understand why a lot of people weren't told, you know, the backstory and they didn't understand, you know, she hit her foster mom because her foster mom said this. So because she was a teacher, were, anything, anything goes. Were you in therapy at all at this point? Uh, I was on a waiting list. I'm sorry. You were on a waiting list to be in. Okay. That makes no sense to me. So because when you're in foster care, you have a Medicaid, um, a lot of places, mental health, doctors, dentists, et cetera, they do not accept Medicaid. It's hard to find some money. So either you're put on a waiting list or, you know, it's, you are lucky to get that spot if it's open like now. Um, so I do remember being on a waiting list and waiting to get into therapy. But um, that's when I met Deborah. Um, so you finally get into therapy and Deborah, therapy. your therapist is wonderful. Yes. And what kind I mean, what did that feel like? Did Deborah listen and, and how was she able to help you? Um, so for me, it felt like a burden to have to go to therapy because I was like, you know, I'm already in this situation where I'm having to explain myself everywhere I go and I don't want to go to therapy and do the same thing. I just don't, I don't want to sit in therapy and that's how I looked at it. But as I started to continue to go to therapy, um, Deborah did an amazing job and she actually genuinely cared about my situation and wanted to help me um, improve and find a safe place where I could come and talk about what's going on in foster care and, have a, a listening ear. So she helped me a lot in a lot of ways that other therapists never helped me. Um, but now I know it's because she had a connection with me that she couldn't even understand at first. So so how old are you at this point? You're in therapy I'm with 13. Deborah. You're 13. I'm 13. Yes, okay. I had just turned 13 um, and met Deborah and I did not know that she actually previously had worked with my brother and my biological mom. So talk about God. And she had more history then. Did she know that? Uh, yes. So she, she didn't know knew that. when she saw me who I was, but because of confidentiality, she could not tell me. Um, so she could not tell me that she knew my brother, that she knew my mom, that she had previously worked with my brother because my brother had a, a opiate problem. Um, at 13 years old. Wow. Yeah. So 
Deborah, which became my therapist and ended up later don't, 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 that's spoiler don't tell, alert. Don't spoiler. tell that yet. Don't tell that don't yet. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil okay. it. Okay. So basically, she could not tell me that she worked with my brother, but she worked at I, and she helped, you know, kids that were in addiction, active addiction, or DJJ kids, which are juvenile kids that, you know, are in for some reason, you know, just. Okay, so on probation. <laughs> where did you finally land then to live? Um, so during this time period, it was so just crazy for me. Honestly, I don't remember a lot of my placements. Like I do remember different faces, but I don't remember how long I was there or even what their names were. Okay. Um, so that's how it was for probably about three or four months. And then they got an opening in the group home where my brother was at. And when they got the opening in the group home, I went and stayed with my brother. And um, I thought that that was going to work out really well because I was there with my sibling and we finally were reunited because we had been separated when we went to care. Um, but down the road that turned into, and I had stayed there for about a year. So that was my second longest placement. So I had stayed there for about a year and, you know, was ready to age out there um, with my brother because I felt safe. Um, but then... It got really bad. Um, other kids were stealing my belongings. Um, you know, there was time where I had worked for seven twenty-five a week in allowance, and I saved up my allowance for about two months just so I could buy me a cell phone or to be like other teenagers and have nice things that I wanted. Um, so there was another girl who stole my phone, and we got into a physical altercation as well. So that added to the list that I was already on that I was a bad kid. Um, and so from there, that's when they submitted paperwork for me to be put into a leveled facility. Okay. So did you really go to a leveled facility? I did. How old were you? Um, I was 13 still. If, yes. Is it just me or have you been 13 a very long time? I've had so many placements when I was 13. It's like, I'm telling you 10 stories within a year. That's crazy. Yes. Okay. So. So that's why I'm telling you it's like seven to eight placements just while between I was when I was twelve and thirteen. Okay. When I got taken from my uncle, I was about eleven. So okay. I just turned twelve. Went and lived with Mama B. Mama B got bone cancer, and then just to catch everybody up, Mama B got bone cancer, and then I was sent to the respite placement that I was probably there like two weeks, mm -hmm. maybe two weeks. Um, before me and her got into a physical altercation. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you, you're in a leveled facility. What does that mean, a leveled facility? I mean, what kind of facility is this? It sounds like roses. I mean, really, it sounds like somewhere we would all want to be. I'm being facetious, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, so a leveled facility is basically where you have letters. So this, this facility that I was in, they had letters that you had to work up you know, to different letters to be able to have certain levels of freedom. Okay. Um, so when you first get into the facility, you're on A, which is eyesight. It's A is not E. I don't know why it stands for eyesight, but it does. It's like A, B, C, D, E. Okay. Um, so basically when you're on A, you're on eyesight, you have to ask to go to the bathroom. You have to ask to go outside. Um, you have to knock on your bedroom door if you want to leave your bedroom door, and you have to have someone come escort you okay. out of your bedroom. Um, you have someone checking in on you like every 30 minutes when you're in your room until bedtime. And then at bedtime, you have to actually lay down and go to sleep because if they are 
any noises coming from your room, you're going to get a, a mark of like, she's still awake. She's been awake since 1 a.m. Um, she's not listening. Okay. So that's what happens when you go to a level facility. It's very strict. It's very like you're in jail. Um, that sounds like prison. Yes. Like you're having. So here I am, a foster kid that's been abused, neglected, starved, um, abandoned. Um, and I feel like I have no means to protect myself other than what I can physically do. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm being chalked up to a bad kid whenever I do that. Okay. So um, here I am at a level facility and they are being even more strict. So instead of solving this problem with therapy, with equine therapy, with people understanding where I'm at in life, it's we're going to put more rules and restrictions on you. So it is like jail when you're a foster kid. Just it's like you're just in a situation where you have no control. And if I have to play devil's advocate, you seem kind of dangerous to 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 people on I paper. Do. You seem dangerous. You I have do. lashed out not once but twice I and do. used physical to to get your point across. Yes. And so there's not a whole lot of foster parents that are willing to take that right. and to be able to put up with that. So and that's where you have to understand, and there needs to be a lot more trauma. Uh, there needs to be a lot more trauma training for right. foster parents that a lot of this stuff is not something that's in control of the foster child. It's just not. It's not. The foster child is not in control at all. So when you go into this situation where you're living with strangers and you're having to call these strangers mom and dad, and you don't have to call them mom and dad, but they're physically your mom and dad figure at the moment you feel like you have to protect yourself because you don't know who these people are they're jumping in trying to be your parents and they put all these like restrictions and rules on you that may not be ethical compared to how you were raised mm -hmm. or what your values should be um because we're all different and we all like and don't like certain things so when you're a foster kid they just want to warp you into what they want you to be and that's just that. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, yes, I was a threat. I was, whenever everybody, everybody got the phone call, they did not want me. So so how long were you, how long did it take you to graduate out of this place? Out of the level facility. Mm -hmm. I was at the level facility for two years. And during this time frame of two years, my therapist that was my therapist when I was 13 became a visiting resource for me. Deborah. Deborah. Deborah starts fizzing you. So yes. you're in this place for two years. What? How long? I mean, were you not on? What's the letter you have to be on to get the most freedom? Were you on that letter by then? I was not. It took me a whole year to get to E. E? Yeah. No, no, no. D. Yeah. So it took me a whole year to go from A to D. And now, this is the A, B, C, D form. Do you go to school like other kids? Yes, so basically they have a school on campus. Okay. So everything's on campus. It is like a jail. It's crazy. Uh, everything is on campus. Your school is on campus. Your cafeteria is on campus. Your doctor is on campus. Your psychiatrist is on campus. You don't leave. You don't leave. Could somebody come pick you up and take you for an outing? No. You have to work your way towards being able to do that. So that's why I say my therapist became a visiting resource for me. Um, and she went through all the background checks, all of the checks that she had to do to be able to come on campus and visit me. 
I cannot wait to hear the next part of this story. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today for Foster Carolinas. Were you inspired by something you heard today? Well, we want to encourage you to make the next step, whatever that is. Everyone can do something for children in foster care. If you're not sure where to start, go to our website at www.lotcarolinas.com and see what you can do.